Is this the basement? It's the lower level. Okay. Salutations, everybody. It's time for another episode of Bald and Bingeable with D'Angelo. I'm D'Angelo, and I'm here to take you through all the pop culture that you consume. And just like that, dot, 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 all the stuff that you are insatiable for and all the things that are fit to print. I don't know. Listen, I am here today. We are going to be talking and just like that, season two, episode three, the episode is entitled chapter three. So spoilers abound. We are recapping the episode. And like I promised last week, we are doing this with friends, the inner circles, those kind of people. And so today we have Ian Cunningham, good friend of the fam and whatnot. Hello, Ian. How are you? Hello, people. Hello, D'Angelo. Hello. So... Ian is a good friend. We just, we spend holidays together. We've done birthdays together. We've really done like a lot of like yeah. things over like the past, like 14 years. And we're so, in San Diego. we're so mismatched. That's the great thing about the friendship. There's no reason under God's green earth that we should be friends, but we are. It I makes we, sense. We have core things in common. We, 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 our core mm-hmm. values are very similar, but our, our outside interests are kind of different, but a little does. bit different we have like a venn diagram that like meets on like things like sex in the city and just like that and disney world or disneyland, yes, disneyland. You know, those sorts of uh, things he doesn't tr- he doesn't touch my star trek or star wars world that's fine i, I do star that. wars yes, i will not do. do the trek you won't the do the trek, trek the trek was like my dad made that feel like a punishment when i was a kid that's what i did like, to my daughter yeah, like if I had, like if I did something wrong or whatever, instead of going to my room, my dad would make me just like sit in the living room while he was watching like Star Trek. And I would like <laughs> hate every moment of it. And these are the Captain Picard years and that. And so, and I can't really tell you much. I just know like, you know, certain characters. Bald. Yeah, like in like Data, I remember him and like LeVar Burton was also yeah. on it. And yeah. I don't remember his name, but those are the kind of things that I like remember from That's Star Trek. Fine. But That's Star funny. Wars, I did get into. You were actually on one of those when we did the it was um, a while ago it's been a the while pandemic the before there was a bald and bingeable there was a binge bitches and if you guys go on to youtube you guys can find old episodes they're terrible um it was pandemic was happening had nothing to do and i decided that i was going to hunker down and finally watch the star wars franchise from beginning to end and i am so caught up that i'm actually into like the mandalorian now wow i don't touch hot. Well, that, I mean, Pedro Pascal is like, you know, one of our, one of our gods here. I don't know. He's not a god, but anyways, he's like, he's something that we, we do talk about. Um, but the Star Wars thing, we just talked about this this past weekend or the, when you guys were over. Mm-hmm. I am so into that stupid fuzzy Tauntaun drink that they have at Galaxy's Edge at the yes, bar there. And, and I have so, the recipe. Yeah, you found the recipe except for these buzz, what are they called? Buzz, buzz buttons? Buzz button, yeah. Yeah, like the whole process of having to like do those is just insanity. So it's just like I just need to go to Disneyland, and like Nelson's feeling the same way. And so, uh, we need to go again. I know. Birthdays I should call this show. Up. This show should be called "And So the Way I Say It So Much." Um, <laughs> I have just a couple of little announcements for you guys. Um, those Rageous tickets. You guys remember Chris Vance was here on the show a couple of weeks ago, and um. We had those, you know, Bear Night is happening, the extra large version of it, that Farageous. And so you guys can find the uh, link to tickets actually in my link tree that you guys will find in the episode um, notes here. So, and that is for July 15th. It's at Music Box here in downtown San Diego. It's San Diego Pride. It's big. It's crazy. It's whatever. See, these are the reasons why. Like, see, Ian doesn't do these out in the these well, night adventures. If I didn't have the old man partner that I have, my slash husband mm-hmm. partner, maybe I would. But, you know, he likes to stay at home and do mm-hmm. knitting and sip tea and and watch Star Trek and watch Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a life. I'm, oh, stuck, I'm stuck with him. No, it's no, it's good. It's good. No. 
Well, come on out because it's on July 15th and July 14th subwoofer is happening over at the Marrow. Those tickets, you get them at the door. It's right next to the block party. You know, that a lot of stuff is happening. So I want to remind you guys about those tickets. And then also I'm going to keep on talking about it. There'll probably be an ad later on in the show today for Super Sucia Sunday. Say that three times fast. Um, it is Sunday, July 16th. We're going to be at the rail. It is our Latin and hip hop tea dance so we're doing something a little bit different and you guys know we have meatball coming out our djs right now so ernie v is going to be taking over for the entire event everybody so due to due to unforeseen circumstances rick betta is actually going to be sitting this one out we love him so much and can't wait to have him do a susia later that is a deep tease i will give you guys more information about that um but we will be doing uh susia okay so that's going to be happening super susia sunday that's July 16th DJ Ernie V we have meatball and we just announced today Grace Towers is coming home and she's joining us there so you guys love Grace Towers local legend she's from episode one of bald and bingeable that's how far back and so she's one of my original um clubland besties and whatnot and so when we were having this party she was one of the people that I called first and um, thank you guys for buying tickets. So we're adding people on. So keep on buying those tickets. The $15 ticket range is about to end. So get out there right now. Super Susia, sdpride.rsvpify.com. Okay, enough of selling things. That's the tea dance. You got to show. You got to show. We got to show. And before I get into and just like that, um, drag race is ending so we are at the all-stars season eight is it season eight or season nine it's season, season nine, ten season, no nine. no it's okay anyways it's drag better. race we're at the end right now it's candy muse versus jimbo versus jessica wild um when this episode is coming out, we don't know who's won yet because the episode doesn't drop until midnight on you know Friday morning. So who are you right now pitching for? Who are you? Who are you me? looking at winning? Yeah, are you? Are you cheering um, anybody I, on? I love Jimbo. Give me some Jimbo. I think Jimbo's great. I love Jessica Wild. She's really, really grown on me. I, mm-hmm. I, I think that she has built up something. Candy has such a presence about her. She is striking. She is funny. She is audacious. She really is ballsy in the best kind of way. Mm-hmm. Um, so they all have it i mean i'd be happy with anyone but i will say if i had just bet bet on that i would say it would be it it would be jimbo i think I jimbo is jimbo is it jimbo has almost a bianca del rio humor and outlandishness outlandishness and style about about her that you just you can't you can't deny it's that and like i mean she's won so many of the little mini challenges and competitions this year you know what i mean all these these maxi challenges and and she's been incredibly canadian and she's been incredibly graceful and and humble and you know appreciative of of where she's at and she's taking nothing for granted except Mm -hmm. the size of her tits which you know when you go to triple z i mean you can take that for granted but other than that she's been fantastic the latex bodysuits alone um i'm very much i'm I mean, Jimbo, the track record is just speaking for itself, but Jessica Wilde is like that dark horse and her and what's her name? Uh, Sonique were like on the same season, I believe. Yeah. And so that would be kind of amazing to have and for somebody to come back and do that. Uh, I think that it's completely the potential is there. Candy Muse is like great TV. I don't think she would ever come back and do another one of these Drag Race All-Stars, but I just don't see her completely like being the winner of the whole entire shebang. But that's me. But, it, but it's been her show. It's it's been Candy's show. Oh, she's she's been one. She knows how to do she TV. She, she knows does. how to do TV. She does. She does. Okay. And just like that, it's on Max. We are on season two, episode three. Episode Chapter three. Three is the entitled. Uh, is the title is the title <laughs> oh my god that's so meta i just realized what's well, chapter three and it's chapter three. Oh yeah my you just god. realized yeah, yeah just so that. okay <laughs> so yeah. chapter three is in reference to the um chapter of her new book loved and lost they could have come up with another title for that you know what i mean like loved and lost is so basic <laughs> like they, um 
they're they're I, I think they they don't want to go too deep i think they want to just because they, they're not going to focus on it so let's just call it something get it out there give it a title and but then she's we'll... a writer and we yeah. and we know at the end to jump ahead to like the end i mean we know that she writes some beautiful like things you yeah know? she does um she does okay we open up this episode we're in bryant park we feel that city we're right outside of um the uh, Times square over there at brian mm -hmm. park like 46 and yeah. um i'm loving this episode because it's giving us that new york city that you know it has that like little taste of energy that yeah. the we didn't get a lot of in season in one season. because yeah, of no, COVID. i agree i agree it, they're out they're, they're no longer on the sound stage exactly in the city we you know, they, completely they don't have out to there. deal with COVID. They don't have to deal with all those regulations of filming. They're kind of free to be what the city, what the show was, seasons one, two, three, and four mm -hmm. of the original series. So, Lisette, she is here, and like she is the neighbor from downstairs. We they get back to establishing that she very much reminds me of like a young Carrie Bradshaw. Yeah, because she's got absolutely. like the curly hair, stylish. She lives in the mm -hmm. same building as Carrie. It's kind mm -hmm. of like this this little bird is like going to be going to take up the mantle number one and just like that is not like masterpiece television it is just it's not like it's not up there with a downtown abbey or succession that sort of thing but it still gives all those things that you want and it's you know water cooler fodder and those sorts of things so that's one thing to be said and so that's why it's like fun to do these little recaps because we can talk about these things they don't really matter in a time right now where everything is so crazy is it's nice to have these little releases but the other thing about this series and just like that in comparison to Sex in the City, because we have old Sex in the City that we still refer to, and this is finally starting to break the chains of Sex in the City in a sense. Yeah. Um, we have to now remember this is an ensemble show that's giving us like nine different leads you know what i mean where we do have our super lead who is you know carrie bradshaw and you know and the other people have been established but we're now starting to pull really really wide it's such a wide angle lens that we have now like on new york city so there's all these different people so lisette is now like established as like another secondary character like she's right. like she's like a stanford she's like an anthony who anthony's pushing up ranks you know what i mean yeah, no anthony and, is anthony's becoming almost a samantha exactly almost. He's he's like he's he's in there because he gets he gets like littered with a lot of like the lines that we know that probably would have been written for a Samantha character. Mm -hmm. um, so we have Bryant Park. Lisette is yelling for Carrie and Carrie's like, embarrassingly, I have to go and record my audiobook for the new novel that I wrote. And it's like, bitch. <laughs> it's like, come on. <laughs> Sorry. I have a shoot. You know, it's like, that's such a New York thing to say. Because you mm -hmm. know that there are tons of people in New York that really are off to things like that. And you're like, the lives they live. It's, I wish. it's giving this energy. It's giving like no autographs energy. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's giving like that. And it, what it's also doing is it's all, like, it reminds me, this is so stupid. It has nothing to do with this, but we're going to just sideline into stories because people like this. Okay, so when I was in high school, there was like this girl who I don't want to name her name, so I'm not going to. I was about to say it is right on the tip of my tongue, and that would be Heather so Ray. gross. No, no. Um, <laughs> we did talk about Heather Ray recently, and Heather okay, Ray has nothing yeah, to do. We did talk about Heather Ray. Yes, but she's opposite of Heather Ray. Okay, so with this, there was a girl, and she would sit with us. And in high school, I went to a predominantly like white collar white high school, you know, and what would happen is, is like, as I was going to school in this, in this neighborhood, in this community, like more and more kids of color would be coming in, but there was so much less of us that we would all kind of gravitate towards each other. And so I would, you know, it would just me be me, a bunch of Latin kids, a bunch of black kids. And then there was this one girl who would sit with us and she just was urban by nature. You know what I mean? Like she was a white girl, but she was a little bit urban and she would always try to just like show off and she'd be like, Oh, I just can't tonight because my purple Camaros at Pet Boys, it's in the shop. You know what I mean? Like she would yeah. say stuff like that. And you're like, okay. You know what I mean? Like your purple Camaros in the shop. We feel bad for you. You know, <laughs> like, but then like later on, we find out that she didn't even have a purple Camaro. She was just really stunting. But it's giving that like no autographs. I have a purple Camaro kind of an energy like that, you know, she used to go read her novel. And then we have this exchange because we find out we, we 
like the show is really good at like setting up for a payoff later. And so we're finding out that Lissette is going to be having this buyer show there mm-hmm. at Bryant Park in like the Diamond Tents, uh, right. a.k.a. those bubbles. And um, she's going to be showing off to a bunch of buyers. And so hopefully she gets her business. And so she's young and fabulous. And so we set up that jewelry moment. And so because this girl is embarrassed that she's like, you know, watching the you know watching her installation go in and that's like it's cute and she's young and it you know it's like that hope it's she's she's kind of like you know lucette and i i wish they would bring i I hope they bring her back in the future is because she is the new 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 york energy there's you know carrie and miranda and charlotte and they're they're like uh, i hate to say it but carrie and i are about about the same age i mean when i'm in new york i don't feel like i'm 28 i feel like i'm 55 Mm-hmm. But I'm not even 55, so you know, people don't think I am. You're but in the bracket. You, you I'm in the bracket. bracket. I've you been in the bracket, bracket for a while. I've been in the bracket since I've been 35. But I just feel like, you know, it's that Lucette has that energy, and that that's what the show kind of needs. Is that mm-hmm. you know, it needs that that a little spark of that. youth. It kind of gives us a little bit of it, it gives us a little bit of a different a different person's. Did, did you did you ever watch Central Park of Energy? Central Park West was a one-time, one-off series. It was on Fox. It was Michael, Michael Patrick King. It, it was kind of before Sex and the City, so we're going back mm-hmm. to like 94, 95. It's like before Lipstick Jungle. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I yeah. think it, I remember it, but I don't remember it. I kind of love that show. It was it was kind of like Gossip Girl before Gossip Girl, and they were they were kind mm-hmm. of that kind of, but they were young, and they drank champagne all the time, and they lived, in, of course, Central Park West, and and it was almost like a St. Elmo's fire in New York City with young, successful people. And that had that energy to it. So that's what I kind of refer to that Lucetta as being kind of reawakening that that era. Ooh, it was two seasons. It was two seasons. Yeah. Michael Michelle, Tom Verica, Mariel Hemingway. Yes. Yes. What a cast. It was. And it's a great little show. It did not. I think it was on Fox. And, and it was when Fox was trying everything. I wonder if we can find it somewhere now. Lauren Hutton was in this? Yes. Raquel Welch? Yes. R.I.P. Oh, my God. Okay, I need to find this series. It had two two seasons. It was short-lived. I can can do that. That's something that's going to happen, probably. Ooh, maybe I'll do that when I take my little New York break later this this (laughs) summer. Ooh. You, can, you can play that on her uh, little 24 inch TV and you know, Central Park West, where you're way up on the Upper East Side. I can, well, that's it's you're it's Lenox Hill where she lives. It's actually yeah. where the um, where the color that lives on the Upper East Side that has money usually yes. is like Lenox, is like Lenox Hill. It's like yes. a little bit like kind of thing. So Lots that's how that might be even where LTW lives, just speaking. Could up. be. I don't yeah. know. Because um, we, I don't know if we have we established that. I don't, know, I don't know if they've established exactly where she lives. She probably is like Upper East Side, the proper probably yeah, i would say okay um we have then Seema. we have her little scene here this interstitial scene where she gets robbed they take her birkin um and the guy the dog the dog walker just like gets in her way and it's like guy move like that's my problem with some people is that they're when they're so unaware of what's going on um could we, could maybe we, he was in on it okay birkin <laughs> Is it still like a popular, I don't wear use handbags. Is it still mm-hmm. a popular handbag? Is it still people, because in the first series, Birkin was a huge part of the show. In fact, they built an entire episode mm-hmm. around the Birkin. Yeah. And so that's the thing is, is it is, four. it is an egg. It, it's like an Easter egg for people who like love, you know, sex in the city that, Hey, right. Birkin's back is when Samantha stole Lucy Lou's Birkin. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing with this is, Birkins, yes, they still do hold a lot of gravitas when it comes to like fashion. And I think with just with people with money, Mm -hmm. um, because they are, uh, it is a show, it is a, uh, they haven't cut corners. Birkin is still being made by little hands and, you know, that are cutting leather and and sewing things together, you know, nine year olds. No, probably like old ladies that have been doing it since they were nine years old who are like 104 now. And Seema would have a Birkin. There is no doubt that she would have a Birkin. Well, and she even says that she's had it since before the waiting list. I mean, it's a $30,000 bag. You know what I mean? Like, that's the thing is that's these bags are like cars. They're investments. Because even on um, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, it's been like a whole thing, too, recently, where when Crystal came on, she has this really special Birkin with like looks like a little house and that kind of thing. So it is still a sign of status. And the fact that she has a vintage one that's in such great, impeccable condition, it's yeah. commendable. And it's kind of like one of those things that turns turns people's heads and people with money notice it. 
you know, right. and that, like if you have a full Birkin bag or if you have the Kelly, you know what I mean? Like it just there, it's a big deal. Okay. Um, we have that. We have Carrie. She calls Carrie, you know, and we find out it was a meaningful Birkin. She got it, you know, it was before she, it was the first thing that she ever purchased when she found herself some success. And hmm. so I need to do that still. I haven't like made like a really good purchase. Like I've had some really good events, like big events and that kind of thing, but I usually buy like experiences and I don't know if I've actually invested in like a piece of like it's a jewelry or something. It's like gold. Maybe. You get a really nice gold chain. I'm really hoping our gold investment comes. Or a nice gold bracelet. Yeah. Something 18 karat, polishy, shiny. Maybe, but then it like then it's like that episode of Friends when he has like the the gold bracelet that that Joey gets Chandler, and then it's like embarrassing. I pity the fool. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's yeah, very it ha- like gold bracelets hold that energy to me, and I don't know if that's because I'm a child of the '80s, but it's a thing, Mr. T. Um, <laughs> Carrie, we we get into the studio. This is when we set up Chapter Three. So we find out that Carrie is reading her book Love and Lost, and Chapter Three is the chapter all about when john dies aka big we and the thing is is and we do you notice that they always whenever they reference john they always throw in the word big somewhere yeah you know his he he looks so small even though he was my this big man yeah you you know know, i think because when big's name was introduced in the second to last episode of the series i think there was such a public rejection of that they didn't want this Kind of it was it was in the last episode. It was and, yeah. it, and they did it over. It was on her um her like oh. Nokia razor or yeah, whatever. Yeah, you exactly. know, what I mean? like when it's I, a John. It was such a there was such a pushback because people felt like it was such a common name, why such an ordinary name. But if you think about it, if you look at all the men of the Who entire series, never <laughs> once was there a John. Now there were Johns, but there were never there was never a John. You know, Sarah never hooked up with a John, or or Charlotte never dated a John. So I think that's why. Michael Patrick King and the writers were really saving that name for Mr. Big, Mr. You know, Mr. Big Prescott, Preston. They, they, they like they they held on to that name. Forever. Yeah, and so because and never became part of the lexicon. So no. I think that's why. Um, we get the little comedy part about the guy who comes in who smells bad, and he tells her, you know what I mean. I love that. Yeah, with the whole underarm smell, which is which is a problem. And I know I have a bunch of bears who listen to this recording. And I need to talk to you guys real quickly about in in professional setting. I think you need to check yourselves. And even if you don't want to wear deodorant, please just go and wash yourself. Because when you're in a little tiny recording studio, it's offensive. And it's not nice. Unless unless it's a recording for something fetishy and whatnot. And everybody has given you consent to smell. Unless it's it's pig play fetish. I just... The thing is, is like... A man smell a man that smells like a man is great, but a man who smells dirty is never good. You know I think, what I mean? Yeah, no, I know what you mean. And and some youngins, some 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 of the guys in their twenties don't want to do the deodorant. They'll, I don't know. It's just it, it's 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 a young thing, and then it's also just like and it's like a bare pheromone thing. No perfume, no lotions. You know what I mean? Like when you yeah. go to like a leather night or something like that. Well, because they're looking something. for pit play, and you know you don't want to have a lack, waxy coating and deodorant when you're going. Well, at the same time though, like if a guy like. I am completely into give me a businessman who smells like good cologne. You know what I mean? Or like when like I remember like going out. This is maybe maybe this is because we were like I was going out like in like the 90s and early 2000s that like, you know, in the age of Calvin Klein. You remember like but, you know, like when Calvin Klein became everything, it was like eternity over to CK1, CKB, all that Mm -hmm. stuff. And everybody was wearing scents and there was Tommy and like. Uh, what was it? The light blue one? What was that one? Oh, um, I, I know which one you're talking about. I don't want to say Seltzer blue, but that's a whole thing for your hair. It's not Seltzer. <laughs> it's not Seltzer blue. I guarantee. It's not for dandruff. Oh, somebody is yelling right now. Okay, but it's not that big of a deal. But like the thing is, is like there's something still a little bit horny about a guy who has like a really good like cologne kind of a smell. It's just I don't know. It's something cute. It just for tells me, me for me going back. It was it was leather and Drocar Noir used to get me going every. If I smell the two things, uh-huh. I am 18, 19 years old, lusting after guys because that's all I could smell. The, the you were see, the two, and you were just uh, you were a little bit older than me. We are not a Lisette Carey widespread. No, but no, we're we, about two years apart. But the, yeah, but 
So when Jakar Noor, when that was like, when you were into that, it was more of a middle school smell for me. So that's yeah. what it takes me back to. So it just, yeah. it's, it's not for me, but like CK one was like yes. junior year of high school for me. And yes. that was like a scent. That was like a whole yes. thing. Um, uh, th- those things don't like take off like they used to, like what happened to like the cologne fun days? Like when you would get like the whole you gift know, set the, and all the I, extra I, stuff. I honestly think it's pandemic. I think it's post pandemic. I think that this, you know, we, we want the patchouli oil, the natural smells, the really exotic organic smells. That and are going to go. They're not, but they're not going to go for the name brand, you know, ha- alcohol-based smells that we used to just use all the time. You know, I don't, yes, I yes. don't trust anybody who essential oils themselves. Like, I just can't. Like, <laughs> so it's a thing. Um, okay, let's keep on going. <laughs> I, I feel like I'm getting myself into trouble. Um, you're not. You're fine. It's. It, it, I don't know, but it feels like it's pointed, but it wasn't pointed. But then it feels like it's pointed after I said it. So if you felt assaulted by what I said, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, back to we now we are in the love bubble. We're gonna keep on talking about bubbles and whatnot. So the love bubble that is Miranda and Che. Okay, Miranda and Che have the most compelling story out of everybody in the whole series right now. Well, because like, they have the only story. But it's know, well, the love story. The we it's the one that we're like into. It's the love story plus. I mean, Cynthia Nixon's such a fucking stellar actress, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? That, like, you, she gives you all this. And the thing is, Sarah Ramirez is also a great actress. Tony Award mm-hmm. winner. She was, or they were, you know, on, um, you know, Grey's Anatomy and all that kind of shit, you know? Yeah. Like, like yeah. It, it, they weren't, this isn't like an overnight sensation. This is somebody who's really done the work and is a good actor. I, I, I think for, if, if they were to have, you know, Miranda go lesbian. I think that kind of persona that that Che is, that, you know, non-binary persona is good because Steve was great, but Steve was very kind of mousy and and not effeminate, not effeminate, but not projected strong masculinity. He never did. The actor, maybe the actor just that's just who he was. He and, was the he was never the alpha. She yeah, was, was always the alpha. alpha. Yeah. And so and then, Che. Is. And then she started to bring herself down as we, yeah. as, you know, when the show wasn't on in 20 years that we've been gone. Right. And, and Che allows Miranda to be feminine and, and Che mm-hmm. allows Miranda to, you know, feel like what it is to be more passive in the relationship that she's not calling the shots. And I will, we'll get back to that in a few minutes and we're talking about her tattoo experience, but you know, that's part of what Miranda is. She's, she's just figuring out how can I be, not the powerhouse attorney, kick-ass attorney anymore. I'm not that woman anymore. You know, who am I? I'm not a woman, so I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm speaking out of out of gender, but, mm-hmm. you know, it, that's the, the way the character's always kind of played off to me. I think that's a, I mean, that's your take. And I think that's a good thing because you're like, you're actually following along. So that's what a whole, <laughs> you know. Um, <laughs> what we get in this scene, though, is the two of them and Miranda is still a bit of a lawyer when it comes to making sure that Che does everything that's on the page, you know, yeah. like it says that you cry here, you know, <laughs> like <laughs> and the next thing you're going to have to cry. So you're going to have why aren't you cry now. You know, yeah. how you doing, my little cannoli? Yeah. Um, <laughs> this is what they say. And then yes. come on, cannoli, don't cry. And then she's yeah. supposed to cry there. And she's like, I'm not going to cry. You know, and and it's just like this is what the page says. It says to cry, and Che is giving some lame excuse that you know, it says that being non-binary is a problem, and so that's why I don't want to cry. And it's like, well, it's written in such a way that it's it's an emotional thing, but um, but we get this love level. And what they also set up in the scene too is Miranda's phone. She is now right. an Android person, so she no longer she has left. Her old life behind completely. She's, she's no longer a lawyer. Side. She's not with. She's no longer with Steve. She's on the West Coast, and she's an Android person. Like yeah, that's like Samsung. Yeah, like this is like that's a four peat. You know what I mean? Like yeah. she is all of a sudden like. Well, you know, it goes back to as when when the girls in Sex and the City went to L.A. and she met with her writer friend who wrote for something like friends or, you know, that he was very LA that he chewed his meat and then Mm -hmm. spit it out. And, and, you know, he was very thin. He was not the same person. And she's like, fuck that. I want to go back to New York. And so she goes back to LA and she becomes that person. She totally changed herself for that. So she, she, she reflects and repeats what she's already said that she wasn't going to do. But she keeps on getting hit with 
fuck the new me like in the last one when she gets the salt water in her eye (laughs) you know and then she really fuck the new me i can't you know like it's just there's this push and pull with her of like she wants to give in completely to che and then we find out in this episode is that you know she's missing calls from brady this is what they set this where they set this Mm -hmm. up here and so there is always going to be this tether to her old life that means more than anything else. It's like it's a golden it's a golden rope that nobody's going to be able to cut. It's her and her son. So it's it's just, you know, this whole new me, old me, all that sort of thing. Uh, cut to we are now with Dr. My, Dr. Naya and LTW. They're shooting the um, documentary with the handsiest uh sound technician <laughs> like <laughs> oh it seems that that went down there can i get down in your shirt please for a second and it was just like oh we don't do this anymore these aren't the ways that things are completely done <laughs> like um excuse me can we please make sure that there's a coordinator there to watch it's one of those kind of situations exactly. like uh it's so funny we were doing like mics um for a bunch of like little kids and this one program and each and all the kids had to be mic'd and there was like 25 of them they were singing a, a whole thing and when the kids were being mic'd we had to have a chaperone stand there along with the person who was miking them and the child you know and everybody was you know the each child had to give consent yes you can put your mic on me yes blah blah blah, blah. it was a whole thing and it's kind of amazing where the world has come and so then when i watch this that brian this nice armed mic guy is nice arm <laughs> yes it's like dig it into her um but he wants to get he wants her number and then she does like, and this is our first scene with dr naya um and ltw so now we're getting a new friendship a new lifeline is now pulling now so right. we're getting more into this web because we're now i think we're gonna i have a feeling there's going to be a day when and just like that doesn't have carrie anymore possibly if I have it, a if feeling it, if it goes on that, I could see that. I could see where SJP would Sarah Jessica would say two years, three years. You know, she wouldn't go yeah. like open any contract. Or she'll she produce was, it, she'll keep producing, yeah. but she'll step away from like yeah. this is, you know, Carrie goes to Paris for a little while or whatever. Like I can just I can see that happening the way that Carrie goes to Orleans. So these girls, they have lunch uh with Charlotte and Carrie. Um Charlotte is checking in on Carrie's grief. You know what I mean? She's like that mother hen. She's Charlotte in this episode is such a good friend mm-hmm. all the way around. She's like a really, really good friend to her, to her old besties. The thing that I'm like missing is Charlotte having meteor stories and funny stories. Remember, like this is the girl who got a rabbit and jacked oh off. You know what I mean? Like forever. Yeah. Like, and she know. was with Mr. Pussy. Remember, she was always with Mr. Pussy. Yes. You remember Mr. Pussy? Yes. I can't look at a papaya the same way. The guy who the guy who ate eat yes, well. Ate out. Yeah. yeah. Um she's always had the But that's the thing is is that she was always holding like the slapstick comedy. Even in like the movie, she shit herself. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like she's mm-hmm. she's that she's that person, and we don't think of her that way because her character is supposed to be all buttoned up. But she always has the biggest fall to fall from grace because of that, you know. And there's like a whole thing too with I've talked about this on the pod um if this is your first episode um this is new for you but if you've listened before whatever um it's the whole thing with michael patrick king that once you get somebody bright and shiny and everything is perfect you, you throw a pie in their face and so he loves doing that with the characters and charlotte is one of those characters who sets herself up that way and we haven't really had a fun real payoff with any charlotte stuff but she's been a good friend she's proud of her friend for her grief and then we find out when um when ltw and naya show up that there have there's a milf list at the school oh my god and they're number two and three and they're like oh my yeah and they were like thing and the dr maya's like well um this is, you know, I don't know why we are going back and we, this is usually a Charlotte thing to do too. Is that mm-hmm. why are we looking or a Miranda thing? Well, why are we looking at men to, you know, to uh, validate us? Yeah. validate and us. Yeah. And then especially an 18 year old kid. And then she gets a text from Brian with the nice arms. So, and then they have their like little, whatever. Okay. Cut to Carrie's back in the studio. She's still trying to record chapter three. Um, those guys in the studio got on my nerves. <laughs> like they were perfect okay. at their role, but they so got on my nerves. The whole I, I, um, I seriously think that that is what those producers are like. I, I think that you know I've never been in a recording studio, professionally mm-hmm. speaking. Who knows? But I could imagine 
that if you're recording a book, you, you, you want to make sure that the book is great. It sounds great, but you're going to have to move it along and you have, you have to get a certain, you know, you make sure you hit your T's and they want in and out of there. They don't want to have to do pickups. They don't want to no. have to re-record anything. They have yeah. a higher power to answer to you. Yeah, are just, exactly. Studio time is money. A, you're just a product. That's all. You know, that's all yeah. But his whole, um, let's do that uh seeing about how long you waited but not as long <laughs> yeah, it's just like and i waited you know and and in this I, I scene that, i honestly think that sarah jessica parker parker gets some really great acting in that she she really did emote pretty well she and- is amazing that's the thing she takes these this these scripts that we if we saw them and read them we'd be like oh god exactly the thing is is but she breathes magic into it there Mm -hmm. is something there's effervescence about sjp that we will just latch on to so when she's hurting like this like she makes you like you feel it and she's Mm -hmm. having this when she has this anxiety attack the panic panic attack in the room Mm -hmm. and the words start blurring and everything one of the things i listened to inside of the um and just like that podcast the official one from hbo um it's a little bit like self-loving and self-thing. I, it's the only one that I listen to before I record this show. Then I'll listen to everybody else's like takes on this. I just don't want to get other people's um, ideas and then have them infiltrate me because I have enough to say about what it is and to have to regurgitate anybody else. Except for I will regurgitate Michael Patrick King because he's the writer of the show. Um, one of the things that he talks about here in this scene is that when they're actually when they shot this scene where she's kind of having the panic attack and the walls are going a little bit woozy, it's something that we've never really done in the show. But what they're doing is, is um, the sound that they're hearing of like the rain or the uh, shower and everything, they use the real sounds from episode one because they have mm-hmm. the sound bank to be able to do that. So that was something that was just kind of interesting, a little Easter egg uh, trivia for you. Okay. Then we have Carrie walking home. And as she's walking home, she passes Box. <laughs> Don't you love these waxing salon names? Box. <laughs> we have one in our like mall over here called Lunchbox. Like, come on. Yes, it's called Lunchbox in Mission Valley. Yes. Because <laughs> they're going to eat the box. Um, but Bitsy Von Muffling, who is a character that has been around now for years, and uh, she was the one who was married to Nathan Lane's character for a little bit, and now he has passed. And so this is this is Carrie's grief buddy in a sense. You know, it's somebody who they can bring in that can touch down with Carrie and get those moments. So she's uh, is my upper lid is my upper lip still red raw? <laughs> like, exactly. You know, and she's basically she's thrown herself into getting facelifts, except for you still grow hair with a facelift. Um, and she tells Carrie the second year is worse. You're still here, and he's missing. All of it, the good, the bad, and the weird. So we're getting a lot more of a serious side to what Carrie's been going through, and that we're seeing that waves of grief grief yeah. still happen. And and that's realistic. That is that the first year is when you're a survivor of someone who's lost somebody, especially a, a mate, a partner. You know, we we have friends that are going through the same thing. You know, there are people out there that are dealing with this every day. And that first year is tough, but that second year is more difficult because you're moving on with your life. You're trying to get things together. You feel incredible guilt mm-hmm. because they're not there with you. They're not experiencing, they're not playing those trips that you're going to plan. They're not, they're not doing those big you know, movements that you're doing in your life. They're just no longer there. And that guilt is real. And I think that is a, that I'm glad they're cap, they're capitalizing on that for the story, but they're not going too far into it at the same time. Yeah, it's like we we spent the first year grieving and like this year, like we want to show that Carrie still has a heart and that's, you know, but mm-hmm. it's it's something a little bit different. Um, And Bitsy tells her facelifts are her thing. She has to find herself a thing to throw herself into. Dot, dot, dot. We get Carrie walking with shoes. So we get those Bergdorf bags. Yes, um, girl, girl spent like $10,000 on shoes. <laughs> like, and, and, and her apartment still looks like it's been put together with duct tape and gray paint. It is just like, because she's like, you know, there's we, nothing fancy about it. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's her safe space. You yeah. know what I mean? It's, it was yeah. her safe space that she kept throughout the whole marriage. And 
Stanford used it. Everybody used it as like their like, you know, crash pad and that sort of thing. This is what we have to do with Michaela's apartment. She's not letting the apartment go ever. We are just going to like, <laughs> this is happening now. So I'll get a run on it. Yes. Um, but no, it's, it, it's, you know, you kind of want Carrie to be in, I don't know, inside, like inside Jeannie's bottle. You want this like magical, mystical place that is very feminine or very well, but it's not. And, and I think because Carrie is not, Carrie's not that person she was. She's not that big comfy armchair that Aiden made her. Um, she's not that, she's not that, she doesn't relate to that anymore. She doesn't relate to the things in the apartment, the magazines that you spill over her apartment, mm-hmm. the sweaters in the, the oven that you see in her apartment. That's that's like she hasn't, it's like part of the thing is, and this is my my gripe with the show, is that the character hasn't really kind of blended into the show the way the show is kind of written around the character but she's really not part of the show yet kind of mm-hmm. like her apartment so hopefully they kind of get over this maybe this is the episode to kind of move on at the same time as like when i see people in new york city that you know that i've known and that sort of thing that have lived in the city forever is that it's just it's your place it's your house it's your den and you kind of you make it as comfortable as you can because you have the whole world outside you know mm-hmm. so i think it's just i think it might be that with her in this this place but um we have her that she buys shoes, she tries on shoes, she tries to read chapter three again, and she can't. So now Carrie has COVID. <laughs> in you know that, so, that it yeah. was that boom operator. I mean, it was that sound mic guy inside the studio. Yeah, stink is COVID. Yeah, the stink COVID on him. If you haven't watched the show, she doesn't really have COVID. She just tells everybody that she does. Okay, I don't know why you're listening to this if you're all the way there, but maybe you're listening to this to go to sleep. That's great. Just make sure you listen to it all at least 75% the way through and do like and subscribe everywhere that you find Bald and Bingeable. Thank and you. And do it. Ding. Okay. Um, Miranda, we're now at the tattoo parlor where the hot tattoo guy is like, you know, listening to her problems and being her therapist and telling her that, yeah, that you're giving up corporate life, blah, 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 and tells you you don't want to be a corporate robot anymore and shows her robots. Maybe that's going to be her tattoo. I love so that. this is when she calls Carrie because Carrie is the person to ask, should I get a tattoo? And Carrie tells her most people are getting him removed right now, you know, but at the same time, um, Miranda's of that age where a lot of people start getting tattoos. You know what I mean? Like you go and you get that one tattoo because, you know, you want to check that box. You know? <laughs> like, and she's also living on the West Coast and she's seeing them everywhere. And it's everywhere. so much. It's such a thing in like L.A. Um so, but she's supposed to get a tattoo that connects her to herself. And so, you know, we were going to find that out in a little bit. So Miranda calls Carrie. They have this situation. They have this convo. She tells her that she has COVID. And two seconds later, Charlotte's calling her and saying, <laughs> oh, my God, you have COVID. I'm so sorry, blah, blah, blah. So Carrie's one of the only people in the world who's never had COVID. Have you had COVID? I don't know. I had COVID. I had COVID last year. Oh, you did it have nice, it. It was a nice free week from work. Yeah. It was the week I just had I hated my job as a lot of people do on COVID. Mm-hmm. It's like, I, I don't had, want to go back there. I had COVID in January of this year. Yeah. And so, and it was like, on one side, it is great to like turn everything off, but on the other side, you're sick and you don't really want to do anything. Exactly. So I just slept it, the entire time. I just wanted to sleep. I ate Big Macs and slept. Ooh, a Big Mac. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, then we have, you know, Charlotte calls, tells her Miranda called me. And so she sends her over. She tells her she doesn't need anything. She doesn't need chicken soup. She doesn't need basmati rice. But she's already sent her some Varsano salted caramels. I did look these up. They're $44 a box. Yes, they so are. If you guys want to order, so you guys can order those on their website. And for friends who have COVID or fake COVID. Exactly. I kind of want to do look tasty though when I was looking at the website. They're from Varsano's Chocolate on West 4th Street. Um this place is actually right near where I used to work. And so, and I've actually had their chocolate before. Um, they have like a hazelnut bark. That's really, really good. Sounds good. Mm-hmm. So that's a good place. Anyways, there's a free ad for Versano's chocolate. Uh, <laughs> uh, then we have a scene where Seema's crying about her Birkin, which we'll have a payoff later. Then Seema and Anthony are at lunch. They're waiting for Carrie to show up. And uh, they're talking about Seema's loss and Anthony admits to a trick stealing his dad's gold uh, money clip. And she says, why didn't you stop him? Because I was handcuffed to the bed. And there's our Samantha Jones line that that should have been a Samantha Jones line. You know, 
I won't get it because it's next episode, and I, I did watch the next episode. I did watch episode four. Yeah, and Anthony got to love Anthony because he is really caring a lot in that show. He has to mm-hmm. be the perfect, perfect gay character in so many ways. He has to be Stanford. He has to be Samantha. He has to be Anthony. He has to be everything. And it, you know, and he's real gay and he's earned it. You know, yeah, it's just he needs to kind of cut off with a little bit of the face stuff though, because he's like he's starting to look like um. Like his mouth, he's starting to get a little bit of a trout mouth. You know what I mean? Like where it starts to turn down a little saying. bit. He yeah. looks, he's starting to look a little bit like a character from the Haunted Mansion. Like that's <laughs> what he's what starting to look about. like. You know, yeah, he, like, like that's But he's thing, also Anthony. 61 and, and he's gay and it's tough. He, uh, the thing was, is when he was young, when his stand up, you know, when he used to like, when Bravo used to be like, you know, Kathy Griffin and around their stand ups all the time. Um, I used to have the biggest crush on him because he was like little and feisty and sweaty and Italian. And I have a thing for like sweaty Italian men, hence <laughs> like my partner. But still, um, there's just, you know, I think that Anthony was like was so cute. And the thing is, he's starting to lose a little bit. So I just want to just just cut back a little tiny bit. Um, I can't wait till we get like him to have like a real like a partner till they partner him up and boo him up and bring in another character because I think that's what's happening is that we're just going to create this universe now while these different characters are all hanging out. It's almost like second phase. It's like mm-hmm. it's like Marvel, you know, Sex and City is second phase. It makes sense. Yes, the Carrie. Um, they're waiting for Carrie. She lets them know via text that she has COVID. And Anthony says, oh, that's off trend because she should have had it when everybody else did. Um, Now we're at the schools. We're at the school. We're about to have the PTSA meeting. Tim Bagley is in this. You guys know him from uh, Will and Grace and everything else. He's the principal. He's part of like Craig and Larry. Is that their names? Frequent visitor to San Diego. I've seen him a couple of times at most. That's what Joelle said when we were were texting about this episode. I did not see him. Do I? Did I see him? No, you weren't there. You weren't there that night. Okay, so yes, she was trying. I felt crazy because Joelle, who was on last week's episode, listened to it. Um, she, she was saying that you guys had seen him at thing. And she was like, you weren't there. And I was like, no, it wasn't me. So I'm not crazy. I did not see Tim there. But anyways, the moms are checking out. They're talking about this list. And, you know, oh, well, he was, you know, this nerdy boy, blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden, hot gossip girl, you know, senior, we're hoping is a senior walks through. We're hoping at least 18, at least 18, please, please, please. It made me uncomfortable that scene, even though, yes, it's moms and like the young guys. But like, if we swap, if we flip that and if it was dads and a a young girl, that's gross. That's disgusting. It it would have been gross. And then also, and if what if it was a gay, it was a bunch of gay guys and a guy, you know, and a young. Yeah, I know that's that's still gross. Never, I've never been around my daughter's friends and never thought that at all. Never once have I ever thought. Well, see, there you go. And so it's just it doesn't feel right for these women to be thinking that way. I don't know, and I don't. Seriously, I've never done that. I've never, I've never, I've never gone (laughs) after one of her, one of her friends. That would be just like inappropriate. It's weird. It's inappropriate. I'm just saying in case she listens. (laughs) Have to be aware. Um, Charlotte, um, they have this whole scene, whatever, Charlotte. Hey, y'all, I just wanted to get on here and remind you guys about Super Sucia Sunday. Yes, Sunday, July 16th, 2023, from 3 to 8 p.m. at The Rail, San Diego. Nelson Castillo and D'Angelo Gogo present Super Sucia Sunday, hip-hop and Latin tea dance. This isn't just a bear party. This isn't just a queer party. This isn't just a Latin party. It's not just a hip-hop party. It's a party, okay? So it's going to be a fun party. DJ Ernie B, and we also have the one and only Meatball. Yes, the sloppy seconds. Listen, there are a limited number of $15 pre-sale tickets now available. You guys have to go to www.supersucia.com dpride.rsvpify.com okay make sure that you guys check out super sucia sunday hip-hop and latin tea dance at the rail san diego july 16th Uh, Miranda is going into the live studio taping of che pasa and so we have Brady calling her. She finally gets to talk to him. And Brady is heartbroken. The girlfriend has broken up with him. He's in Amsterdam. He's Fake crying Amsterdam. in the street. What'd you say? 
fake, fake Amsterdam. Amster- yeah, fake, fake Amsterdam. Amsterdam. He's probably on the Lower East Side. You know, he's probably, probably. second on second. You get get a couple of mini cruisers in there. Oh, it's Amsterdam. Yeah, just put some red lights in a window. Um, <laughs> and so she, Miranda, then puts the phone in her pants and does not get put it inside the little lockbox and does not turn it on silent because she doesn't really know how. Again, this is the problem with having an Android. I would be like marooned on a desert island if I had an Android. If you give me an Android in the middle of New York City, I'm not finding my way home. I don't know how to use that phone. <laughs> like I would use that uh, phone. to. It's not the Sphinx. Uh, it's, it's a phone. It has buttons just like an Apple phone. But it doesn't have, it just, it it doesn't work. It works funny. I just don't get it. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> we have that emotional Che and Tony Danza scene where her phone rings because her son is in crisis. And so we have all these issues. Abby McEnany has her whole scene with the they, 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 they. Oh. Um, so we're still drilling that in. And I'm glad that they do because I have a big problem sometimes with pronouns, with the she and they. Like, it's just, it's something that I have to work on. And this is somebody who, do. yeah, and I consider myself very woke. And so this is just a disclaimer for all of you people out there. We're all working on it together. Just make sure that your intention is good um, when you are speaking to somebody. Anyways, the bubble has now burst between Miranda and and Che, like there's real life outside of this honeymoon phase that they're living. And so now it's starting to come in. So we're getting that feeling. Uh, we're cutting over to Carrie's place where Seema shows up with lunch and finds out that Carrie's been faking it. Oy vey, because Carrie has one of those free, <laughs> you know, that she got that like free somewhere. You know what I mean? I want to know what that lunch was. That, that was that was interesting. I was curious what Seema would bring Carrie, you know. Who knows? It was probably something very just like all bon pain, all bon pong. <laughs> like, probably. probably something just like on her way and just like, I'm here. Um, and she's there to talk about her missing bag and they're equating it to losing John. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. That's just like ridiculous. I'm sorry. I know. I know. But it's still, it's a purse. Mm-hmm. It's a purse, people. It is. I was looking up the Oyve face mask and it looks like it wasn't anything like major. So it looks like something that she would have just gotten somewhere just so they can say the words. Um, anyways, I had to look it up. Sometimes I have to look up like what they're wearing. They're talking and she tells Carrie, if you want to go and crawl in that bed right now and pull the covers up over your head and nobody's going to blame you for that, do what you need to do. And she says, that's not my style. Carrie hates to feel sorry for herself is essentially what she says. So we cut back over to Miranda and, and Che, and now they're actually having their confrontation and that Che, you know, is upset because Miranda ruined the scene and she's embarrassed because it's her girlfriend out of everybody else who's there. So there's all these mixed feelings and Che is being hit with, you're not the most important person in Miranda's life. That's another big thing here. You know what I mean? I think that we don't really drill into and Che has to realize that, you know, and she's been using Miranda as such a support and she has to realize, oh, this woman has a son. Just, 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 just a little telescoping Miranda a little bit. She's always been the most important thing in her life. Miranda's always been, and she's always said that every relationship she had, even with Steve, mm-hmm. she was the most important. It wasn't until Brady came along that she realized she wasn't the most important one in her life. So I think that is, that's an interesting little reflection on Miranda, mm-hmm. you know, it, I, well, when she says, um, you know, you ruin the family scene and she's like, I'm having my own family scene and it's real. It's this moment and you can just kind of the it it fizzles and she's leaving at eight o'clock and we don't want to, you know, let's not leave it like this. Let's not get ugly. And she does meet her halfway. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then they just kind of have their moment. So it was kind of there. Then we flash over to the bubble diamond tents where we are at Lisette's jewelry. What do you call this? It's a, it's, a, it's a trade her, show. Her jewelry event. Yeah, <laughs> I wanted to use a better word than that, but sometimes I'm kind of dumb. A cater waiter is now stealing everything. And what is he doing? And so nobody does anything. The, the security men are not there. Lissette is screaming for security, but nobody hears that. But they all hear Carrie scream, I have COVID. And, and everybody goes running. And that really is a vibe. Like, you know what I That's mean? True. And so it's true. It's just like, you're going to ruin my week. <laughs> you got to go. I just, I just love the way that she's just, oh my God, you're stealing my stuff. And it's like, he's like, oh, well, I don't care. Mm-hmm. You know, I just, this is, yeah, I am. It's hard so? for Lissette. It's, it's, this, these are her work of art. This is her treasures. This is, 
this is what she has created and and they're just being ripped away right in front of her it's 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 dehuman dehumanizing for her in a way Mm -hmm. i kind of feel you feel bad for her and it's just like she's just being she's literally watching everything like yeah she's watching everything kind of melt away the best part of this scene is when Seema lights, she has the gun and the guy thinks that she, she has a real gun. She pulls out a gun and Carrie's like, you have a gun? And she snaps it and it's a lighter and she lights her cigarette. And then the security guy goes, ma'am, you can't have that in here. And she goes, you can't smoke in here. Like I'm the problem. Such a good moment. Such a good moment. Seema is kind of like some people don't love her. I'm loving her. Like I'm I'm getting what I want from her. We're not going to get Samantha back. Every release it. Unclench. It's not happening. So enjoy the characters that we have. Yeah. No, Seema, Seema is fantastic. And they're and they're the actress who plays Seema is fantastic. And mm-hmm. and I think that is what's standing out. And you know, the the lines that she is she's reciting are exactly you can imagine this woman saying this in this situation you know there's no there's no acting going on with her yeah her real name is Seema her name is Seema Patel she is such a law and order like goddess she's been in every franchise like from original recipe to SVU to criminal intent I mean she's been in all of them and she's played all kinds of different characters She's phenomenal. We have that scene and we slip over to Miranda and Brady and Brady comes home and cries in her arms and she gets, she's able to get there before him. And we have him breaking over everything. And he tells her everybody's breaking up and she tells him not everybody we're not, you know? And so, and just, you know, giving him the assurance that she's still going to be there. And so the biggest love story in her life is still intact, which is nice. And then we have Seema walking home because she doesn't want to wait because her apartment's right around the corner and she's got nothing to lose now. So she's walking home. She pets a little Pomeranian and she sees her bag underneath some bushes. That bag would have been taken because you can see it. <laughs> like if you were sitting in a car, it's nice. It's cute. Would you really want to touch that bag? Would it's you- a $30,000 bag. Go get it cleaned. Go take okay. it to the, take it to the store. I probably wouldn't have, t- I probably wouldn't have hugged it like that she did. You know yeah. what I mean? And yeah. the other problem too, is that I'm also like, she left stuff inside the bush. Like there was stuff in her purse that was still in the bush. Like grab your shit. Then we have Carrie, we have the scene where Carrie goes down to Lisette's house and she's knocking on the door and she uses her key that Lisette gave to her for emergencies. And she figures mm-hmm. this is an emergency and she's got those Rosano chocolates. And when she, this is such a sweet scene and how you said earlier, the quote here that Lisette tells her as she's laying in bed, sad is that everything I worked so hard for, it was perfect. And now I have to start over, which is exactly where Carrie is, is Mm -hmm. that, you know, she's also starting over. So that's why she's back to square one in her apartment. I think Carrie's apartment's always going to look like that. She's got the money to go buy a new place if she wants to. It's, but, yeah, it's 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 that great it's that great chair that bugs me, that that just, that great table and desk area <laughs> and chair that really bugs me. But no, I know it's the ding 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 moment. It's it's the realization because Carrie does step out, and know, she uh, she joins her in bed, and then she says, "At some point, we have to get up right now." So we're back at the studio now, and we have her finishing off chapter three. Finally, and so we hear, as I held John one last time, the rising water on the shower floor and the blue of my wedding shoes black. And she's done. She did it. Yay, Carrie did it. What freaking line, that poetry that Michael Patrick, <laughs> like that those people uh, wrote. Is, you know, again, you know, she is. She's the a good writer. has so many little treasures along. And then that's why you watch the show. You watch mm-hmm. it for those. You, you watch the show. And sometimes it feels a little discombobulated. It feels a little forced, and and the cast is it. It literally is vent. It, it it literally is just crazy how the cast has just kind of grown out to this kind of all these ancillary characters that are involved. But you know, there's those moments. There's the, those little touching things that I think that's what makes good television, and that's why we keep going back to this. We're going back to the well because we know that there are still stories that Carrie can have. There's stories that Miranda can tell and Charlotte can tell amongst everyone else because, you know, they, they're they reflecting reality mm-hmm. and they're not trying to go above reality. They're not trying to go above what we are right now. Beautifully put. I mean, it's just, it's these heart punches that they give us. You know what I mean? Like they just kind of, they this show always will always have heart. 
Uh, then we have the final scene, Carrie and Seema at the communal table with Aussie rugby players. And we are oh, seeing right. the magic of New York City again. And yes. so they're and upset so about, yeah, they're, they're upset about sitting at the communal table until the cute guys start talking to them. Yes. And then she's like, I love this city. And she moves that bag on the other side and of all her. All the rugby players are over 45. I love that. They're not young guys. They are definitely more seasoned, more mature men that are there playing rugby. And, and they pull out of the restaurant and they're all flirting. And then we hear our voiceover. And just like that, I caught COVID. <laughs> Jeez. Okay. So that's where we are at the end. Okay. Before we wrap this up real quickly, um, I just put on here the energy, that New York energy at the very, very end was just so perfect. It's like, I'm really excited about going to New York this year now. So it's just like a thing. Do you have a show right now? Ian, that you are recommending for people to... I will say this. Last night, I watched the Wham! documentary that is on Netflix Uh or on Max, and it was so, so good in so many ways because it was positive. It kind of explained Andrew Wrigley and how he really fit into the whole Wham! thing with George Michael. Mm -hmm. You know, it wasn't a... It wasn't a, a... you know, there was nothing negative about it. It was about celebrating the music and the time in England and also in the United States when they came to made it big here. And you forget how good their music was, how much fun their music was. You know, they're kind of trying, it's it's more than Careless Whisper. It's more than Last Christmas. You know, there, there's some really great wham moments that I, well, I'm of age and, and I know some listeners are of age where they remember listening to Wham and, and they remember dancing to Wham and, and, you know, was in their car, it was their little soundtrack. And it was so much fun to watch. So I would, I would suggest that. Also Swiping America, telling you, it's a really good show. It's a really good series. I haven't dug into Swiping America yet. But really what quality I, people. Yeah, that's, that's on, and that's on Max. So yeah, the Wham documentary is over on Netflix. So you guys can find yeah. that over there. And then the Swiping America is on Max and they're pushing mm-hmm. that show while they're pushing this and just like that. Yeah. And, and then- and, um, and, uh, just real quick, the thing about Swiping America it is the quality. The people are quality. The four, the four, the two straight women, one they lesbian, good one people. gay, one gay guy, are really quality people. They're not just, you know, Temptation Island kind of people. So it's kind of fun to watch. I love that so much. I need to check I, it out. There's anything wrong with Temptation Island kind of people, but. Mm-hmm. There is something wrong with them. Okay. My show that I'm recommending for people to get into is Project Runway. It's right now like in its like 20th season. They have Christian Siriano is back. They have tons of old characters that you've watched in the past, like Kara Sun. Yeah, Kara Sun, Rami Kashul, Hester Prynne. I mean, like there's just lots of good like character people in this, and they're just good. And I'm enjoying it this season. I just there's just something about Project Runway that feels like home. Um okay. Your person, place, and thing. What's your noun of the week, formerly known as the crush of the week? We're going to start calling these your nouns of the week, your person, place, and thing. Um, you have a person you were crushing on this week. From this, from the, from that episode? Just in general. You know, honestly, wham, going back to George Michael. I, I really, oh, yeah. I, I, I'm telling you that as a, as a 15, 16, 14, 15, 16 year old who's dealing with sexuality, if, if George Michael would have said I'm gay, I would have been, oh my God, there's a place for me. Because yeah, all I true. have is Jim J. Bullock. That's that's all I have. <laughs> you know, and, and Jamie Farr and, and wearing dresses on Ash. <laughs> and and Matto. Yeah. Wayland Flowers and Matto. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, you... I just had very people that I was not like. Not that I was like George Michael. God forbid, God, I would love to have been. But at least mm-hmm. it was someone who I could relate to. He, his face video did did stir me. Um, my crush of the week person is going to be Grace Towers, who's joining us this this uh, Super Susia Sunday. I'm so excited to see them. I haven't seen them in like four years because of the pandemic and everything. So it's going to be a blast. I'm looking forward okay. to meeting her. Your place. What is your place that you're crushing on? You know, seriously, I, I had brunch at Bally High. It's not there on Sunday. Um, place I'm crushing on, I don't know, Neverland. I mean, I mean, I'm not really crushing anywhere right now. I'm just, oh, I mean, I'm your backyard say- is actually the most beautiful place I've been all week. So I've been, I've been cooped up here. I actually had my backyard as my place this week as well because it was just Aww. so nice having people over for the like Fourth of July barbecue it nice. and it was, it was like really nice. it was supposed to be like just like a couple people and then it just was like you come too you come too Nelson you bring your boyfriend it was just like it was like a little nice little piece and so yeah. the people who were supposed to be there were there and it just worked out nicely. What is your thing that you're crushing on this week, Ian Cunningham? 
Hmm. I'm going to say this is this is being really pathetic, but our kitchen is being redone in the house. That so is not pathetic. <laughs> so I I am doing dishes in my bathroom sink while watching TikTok videos of live from Disneyland. So people go take their little TikTokers, they go live from Disneyland. And so they're like in a haunted mansion, they're in Pirates of the Caribbean. And I'm sitting there in my little bathroom doing the dishes, like, you know, some step for child. Listening to things happen. And just watching them go through. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of fun. So as pathetic and bizarre as that I am, it's a live TikTok feeds from Disneyland. That's so funny. I have watched live TikTok feeds from like Bangkok and stuff. And those are like, that's fun too. Those are fun too. I I like those too. You get, you get wild scenery. I love that. Mm -hmm. My thing this week is something that I was going to mention before. There is this restaurant in Des Moines called homegrown. Yes. Earth shattering name. Um, But they had homemade pop tarts. They were brown sugar, cinnamon, homemade pop tarts with like sprinkles on them. They were my favorite thing that I've had in like the past month to eat. Like they were just crazy and they were warm and they were delightful. And I don't know if that was a pressure in the past, but I put it today. Let's wrap this up. Thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode of Bald and Bingeable, the end just like that season two recaps. Thank you so much, Ian Cunningham, for joining us today. Absolutely. Ian, where can they find you on Instagram? Oh, Ian San Diego. That's basically me. Ian underscore San Diego, guys. Yes, Ian underscore. Thank you, San Diego. I don't do a lot of exciting Instagramming, but who knows? Maybe I'll get into it again. Tell him be his friend. Tell him be my friend. I need friends. I don't have friends. I have this guy, and that's about it. Oh, he's got other friends. We have a whole group. You're going to make them mad. We do do have other friends. (laughs) All right, my friend. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, and good night from the lower level. Good night from the lower level.